Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts. By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. A little bit of a wardrobe malfunction for Potsy. And obviously Lee was doing his hair, so uh, we we came on slightly later than we would like to. Lee, Lee's got uh, a new top, haven't you? I know you're not in keeping like the theme, but no, I'm, I'm a bit worried because I've I said I'd go and get me uh, the uh, shirt from the Invincible, and I thought I'd put it in. It was hanging up, but it's not. So I'm gonna as soon as we finish the day, I'm gonna have to go hunting for that because I'm a bit worried. But I'll, but because uh, he's all wearing yellow because of our success over the last two games. I've had to get the new one, which is quite nice, to be honest. It's, you know, it's, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice top lot. Yeah, so I'm pleased with it. And we welcome not back as good Corey. as Dan and Corey. <laughs> we welcome back Corey. Corey, how are you? I am good. Glad to be back. Glad to see you guys yeah. again. It's been a few weeks, hasn't it? It has. Uh, I mean, yeah, more than a few weeks. And lockdown has been treating you good. I can see you. Uh, you're. You're trying to beat me on the curls, aren't you? Because I got a few on the front and the back here and stuff like that. But I mean, I think you're looking better than me. I, I just this is just atrocious. Of course, of course. Of course. <laughs> I mean, just I now, usually. <laughs> Trev, JVC man, I love that top. I love that top. You okay? Yeah, good. Danny Savios. Danny Savios. <laughs> what a weekend, boys. We're at Wembley. This is all positive tonight. You'll get no negativity from me tonight. Hello, everyone. All right, boys. Smile time. Squadron Mustafi. Squadron Mustafi. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dan. How are you, mate? <laughs> yeah, good, man. I'm all good, man. And I'm I'm happy. I'm positive. Um, do you know what is who can't be positive at the moment? Uh, getting another little trip to Wembley, so gotta be happy, boys. Um, I'm all good. Cheers, Fergus. Brilliant. And evening to all the guys in the chat James, Ross, Heath. Uh, we've got a few people on Facebook, a few people on YouTube. Uh, and anybody who listens to us on uh, Spotify or any of the audio platforms, do hope you enjoy. Just let us know. Drop us a, drop us a tweet on Guns and Ribbons and just let us know what you think of the show. What we're going to do today, guys, we're going to look at the Southampton game and we're going to look at the Sheffield United FA Cup game. We'll have a brief look ahead to uh, the Norwich game and our first home game in on the lockdown. Uh, and just a general chat and see how it goes. You know, we have an hour on here and... And uh, yeah, let's go. So lineups in the Southampton game. It was it was a strange setup because I didn't know if we were playing four at the back at one point, three at the back, or five at the back. Um, Dan, what what did you make of the the, the lineups there? Well, listen, the last few games I've been impressed with the lineups, and some people have been a bit confused about it. We always all, you know, all know we had to rotate and what have you because of the amount of games we're playing. But one thing I will say is I've been really impressed with Arteta giving the youth. A chance, and I said last night that I was really impressed with being right about this team. That it's the seniors that I'm not wanting to see in the team that are still making the silly mistakes, but it's the youth that are be the positive. And that for me is is the biggest positive we can have. Is this we have got some great young players at this football club at the moment that are finally getting a chance. So I believe they deserve under Mikel Arteta, and that's something that we can all be positive about, boys. And for me, the last couple of games they have been the shining light. So I was pleased to see that in the lineup. Um, I will touch on Eddie Nketiah against Southampton because uh, him starting, a lot of people are question marking the fact that Aubameyang uh, and Lacazette aren't getting the nod ahead of Eddie. But Arteta obviously sees something in Eddie Nketiah uh, and along with some of the other youngsters as well. So for me, it's all positive um, over the last couple of games. Um, Eddie's goal itself was a, a typical striker's goal. Uh, some of the performances for Joe Willett coming on, superb. And I think that when you look at... Eh? We'll get to that one. We'll, we're looking more just at the lineups at this stage and what you thought of the, the whether it was a three, four, or five. What, what... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think get getting told off. <laughs> getting told off here for talking, talking positive and getting told off. It was absolutely rubbish. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Please, uh, you're obviously more professional after coming off uh, Chronicles of Laguna <laughs> um, and Harry's probably taught you well and, and so on. What did you make of the defensive uh, lineup and also Saka um, having a change of position again? Well, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to say it now. I think it's very encouraging that uh, Saka is being sort of 
put into different positions. It just shows you, you know, the intelligence of him as a footballer that he can play him. Well, he's, I think he's played left back superbly. He's played wide on the left brilliantly. I thought he'd done okay on um, on Sunday on, in in a different role. So I'm I'm really liking that. It shows you that uh, he can he can play in different positions. The manager trusts him to play in those positions. So you know, and, and he's 18 years of age. Sometimes mm. you'll get. Uh, a manager turn around and say, oh, I'm going to have to put my most experienced player there because, you know, because he can trust him that little bit more. But he trusts an 18-year-old kid to perform wherever he wants him to perform. I think that's a great thing. Um, the lineup, I thought, um, I, I, you know, defensively, uh, I, you know, we can put 10 at the back and it won't, it, it'll still be shaky. You know what I mean? That's there. We'll it, come on, it we'll come on to that in a minute. We'll come on to that in a minute, Lee. Hang on. We'll come on to the defender. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but like, as far as I'm concerned, the lineup, the last two lineups have been, have been um, very, very positive. So, uh, very, very positive. So, uh, as we're talking about the lineups, I think they've been okay, you know, and um, that, that is it as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, yeah, move on to someone else to take a rollicking. That's what I say. <laughs> Corey, um, you're far more a gentleman than uh, than uh, uh, some other present, um, and I know you won't give me a hard time. Um, what <laughs> What did you make of the lineup and the shape, uh, and in particular that um, uh, you know you, you've got Shaka starting again? Um, what did you make of that? Um, yeah, I, I like the lineup. I know what you mean in terms of like who was at the back and who was playing where because I initially thought, oh, it was Klesniak, you know, centre back, and then I see him in opposition box, and and then you see, you know, maybe Tierney dropping back. So it wasn't um, it wasn't rigid. I think it was quite fluid. Um, with Saka, yeah, just like what Lee said, he's he's versatile. He is a player that's intelligent enough to play in many different positions. He's got pace. He's got everything you need as a footballer, which, which makes it easier to, to put him wherever you need him. Um, and I think it's just good for his development as well. I, I have no idea at this stage where he's going to end up now. But um, I like him at left wing, but he could, I think he could easily play like in a, in a middle three as well. Well, we talked about him last week. Uh, was it last week or the week before? Um, and he was playing more of that sort of number 10 role and uh, build build a, a team around him there but he is so good out on the on the left he the only area where I've seen him a little bit suspect and it might have been because it was early into the the, the, the re project restart and everything else was when he played out on the right wing he what he wasn't as good um uh, Trev your thoughts on on that and Chaka uh, back in the mid holding midfield role Sack Lee, is Lee, Lee, just, Lee's just, I, I see Lee's face. He's got this smile on him. He's, he's a uh, man of mischief tonight. <laughs> uh, Fergus, Fergus, can you uh, stop cutting me out, please, now? Listen <laughs> to the old man speaking now. Consider yourself told, son. <laughs> right. Saka. <laughs> Saka is our new superstar. Saka is the man we're going to build our team around in the future. Saka could play wherever he wants for me, right? Because the boys, as Lee rightly said, and Corey agreed, and we've all said, he's 18 years old and he is already, I think, the best player in our side. Now, he's the best player in our side, right? And so so he's our future. He's, and, and what you've got to remember is Dan's exactly right as well, but there's another thing about playing these youngsters, right? The youngsters are easier for Arteta to coach. The older players are more sitting their way. The older players won't want to listen so much. The younger players are going to do as they're asked. And, and then in our tell we trust. Saka's our superstar. We we do whatever he wants. I, I like I love the way he fades, he faded in and out the left when he played in the 10 role. And, and he was out there with with um Tierney and Kalazinach, if we're honest, right? And and it was lovely to watch the football down that side of the field. And we've still got Martinelli to come back in down there, another youngster. I'm really excited about it. There's no negativity from me tonight, you know. Um, Saka's our man. And as for Xhaka, you asked about Xhaka. Hmm. It's easy to sum Xhaka up right at the moment. He's not very popular with me because of what he'd done, but there comes a time when we have to move on from that, right? And and at this present time, he's the best of what we've got in that position. So he plays, and we hope he plays well. The, the only other player we've got that can play in that position, in my eyes, is Luis. I'd love to see Louise move up and get off in the ball, but it don't look like he's going to do that. So 
Xhaka plays when he's fit because he's the best we've got. Saka's our superstar. We build our future around that man. We sign him up to a seven-year contract now and we build our team around him for the next five years. Right, I'm done. You can talk now, Fergus. So, sign who up for a seven-year contract? Saka. Saka. S-A-K-A. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 I was a bit worried there for a second. <laughs> um, how important, Dan, how important is Granite Chaka to the I know what Trev said there, and it is a really good point that he is the best that we've got, but how important is he to the whole formation of how uh, Arteta is setting his teams up? Because when he plays, we generally keep a clean sheet. And we're winning in pre, like in the inter preseason stuff. We when he played, uh, we we kept clean sheets when he went off against Brentford. Um, we ended up losing three two, and then again he played uh, in the FA Cup semi final and uh, the Southampton game. And lo and behold, we win games. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, listen, he is he is the uh, Trev summed it up perfectly. He is the best of a bad bunch, and I don't want to get Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Pots. Lee, you've grown hair and a beard, son. I'm sure. I'm sure he said, "Lee, what do you think then?" And then Scodron butted in. What's going on tonight? That's Dan. <laughs> he said Dan. Yeah. I did say Dan. Did I butt? Did he I jump in? He did say Dan. Oh, now I'm hiding. I'll be back in a minute. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I love this podcast, man, because it just goes wrong and who cares? Chaka, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, for me, the best of a bad bunch as far as I'm concerned. Listen, I personally prefer Lucas Torreira and always have done. I think he gives us that little bite, that little tenacity that we need in the middle. But for me, with Granite Chaka at the moment, nobody can say that he's been poor. Uh, he still has mistakes in him. I still believe there's passes which go wrong. We see it against Southampton, against Sheffield United. He's playing, flicking it over someone's head and then gives the ball away again. And you think, why has it always got that mistake in him? And it's like that with all of these senior players. You know, I've said it with Mustafi, Luiz, Kalasanak and Chaka. They've all got that one mistake in him. It doesn't really matter who you play or how many of them play at the same time. They've all got that mistake in them. But you can't deny that at the moment, the stats do not lie. And Mikel Arteta sees Granit Chaka as a future Arsenal player so we cannot moan about him anymore because he is going to be in the team and it wouldn't surprise me if Aubameyang goes next season that he's wearing that armband again and that's all I want to say about Granite Chaka because for me he is not our future I do not want to see him in the future but I think he's going to be I personally believe he's slow He's got no athleticism. I'd rather see someone who's hardworking in there like Liverpool have got with the Oxlade Chamberlains than the uh, Keators and those sort of uh, players. But for me, we haven't got any players like that at the moment. So uh, Granite Xhaka, he's getting the nods and you don't hear many fans slating him at the moment. And rightly so, he hasn't been as poor as he has been over the last few seasons. But for me, I can just see mistakes in him coming and it won't take long before fans turn again because this is Arsenal and this is what happens. You know what? I don't think fans have even unturned because I'm like Trev uh, from Palace at home uh, back in October. Um, the guy was done, but he's doing a job. Um, Arteta believes in him. so I believe in Arteta. So I will put up and shut up for now because we've got no other option. Lee, uh, Eddie Inketia started um, uh, the game. Um, uh, Dan touched on it earlier as well about him starting, but he got a goal that was offside. Um, what did you think of his his like his first half performance? He, you know, he, I thought he I thought he played really really well. Very promising, I have to say that. You know, I think I didn't think that he should be playing. I think what's um what what's happened to him as all, which I think will help him now, is that without Martinelli being there, the pressure of that of him being in the side and being on the bench has, has uh, gone off. So I feel he can probably be a little bit more relaxed. I think it's shown in his, in his last two performances. I felt the first two, he was a little bit edgy, you know, and a lot of fans, myself included, were sort of saying, look, you know, we want Martinelli in the side and um, uh, and Aubameyang down the middle because we're comparing Eddie with, with Martinelli. But now we haven't got that. Uh, option with Martinelli, uh, Eddie has thrived on it. If, as, if I'll be honest, I thought uh, his work rate was exceptional on um, the game against Southampton. He worked really, really hard, and what you know, and what's good about it is you can use him in that role, or you can use him as an impact player. Because after seventy minutes of him wearing down a defence, he can come on, and another forward can come on with a back as that, whoever. 
can come on and that, you know, to a tiring defence or vice versa when the defence is tiring like it did on um, on Sunday, he comes on and um, and stretches the, the, the back four or back three or whatever it is. But what was the most encouraging thing of all is when I, I watched the, all the Arsenal players not really using the right option in the final third, but when it mattered, you know, he had to make that pass in the final third, made it. So not only is he contributing on the goal scoring front, he's he's contributing with assists and, and work rate as well. And let, long, let, let, let him prove uh, me wrong for as long as he can, you know what I mean? Because I do feel that, um, you know, he's going to be a, a vital squad player or, or backup striker for us for the next couple of seasons. I've, I've been impressed with him. I've got to say that, in the, particularly in the last couple of games, I've been, you- been very impressed Given the option, okay, if Martinelli was fit, would you start uh, Eddie or Martinelli? Oh, I would always both. go with Martinelli. But uh, you know, I mean, maybe maybe both. But no, um, I think that you know, Martinelli, Aubameyang, and Pepe would be my my f- uh, first choice front three at this moment in time. I think that'd be a fantastic front three going forward to next season as well. But you need you need players to back that up, and Eddie would be a perfect fall for that because he can go down the middle. He can play on the flank as well. So, uh, you know, I do I do feel that the future of our football club is, is uh, Saka, that's S-A-K-A, and uh, Martinelli are my two, uh, my two players that I feel are the future of this football club. Corey, um, Aubameyang, he didn't seem to be on top form again. I don't know if it's because he's been pushed out onto the left and I don't think he likes it as much out there. Um, but he... Uh, unusually hit the underside of the bar and, and it bounced everywhere but behind the line. I know the keeper got a slight thumb to it, but what 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 did you make? What did you make of that um of Aubameyang's sort of performance, especially in the first half and, and that missed opportunity? Yeah, he was unlucky with that with that shot. Um I thought I thought he, he he struck it well, you know, it had a lot of power and whatnot. On it, it's just, it, it happens. It, you know, it's crossbars. Um, in terms of his overall performance, I think he's a bit unlucky because, you know, perf- strikers typically, you know, when they're scoring, their performances are you know, over the ninety minutes is, is you know is usually better than when they're not. And the fact that we've come back had Man City as the first game, hardly got a kick. I think that was that wasn't great for his performance. So, you know, I think he just needs a goal pretty much at this point. I think he's, he's still he's still working. As for him playing on the left, I mean, I think it's, I don't really like it, especially at the stage of his career. You know, what is he now? 30, 31. That's quite old to be shifted out onto the left and having to do a lot more running up and down the flanks. I think, you know, when players typically get to this age, they get moved inside so that they can use their energy a bit more efficiently. You know, he's got pace, you know, he can, you know, he can pass any defender you kind of want to use that in the most dangerous areas as opposed to just trying to beat uh, a, a right back. So I don't know how he feels about that. He's not complained publicly or anything, but considering he's been a striker most of his career, I can't imagine that he's that happy about it. Mm, okay. No team has uh, made more errors leading to opposition goals in the Premier League this season than Southampton. They conceded 10. Uh, Q McCarthy uh, fluffed his lines and Eddie pounced had to score 1-0. Eddie talked after the game, uh, and we will go on to talk more about Eddie generally, because he scored 11, go- uh, 11 goals, um, sorry, six goals and 11 starts, four for Arsenal and two for Leeds. Um, but he talked about being a nuisance, Trev. I, I just think he just looks like, um, I don't know, an Ian Wright. Or he, he, I just, he looks like proper old school. He, he, you've seen millions of players gone through you that old. Thanks, mate. It was. Uh, <laughs> he, he has credit to Leeds, really, because I think he's come back from Leeds a better player, a much better player. He looks, he looks more physical, and 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 he is developing nicely into a, a, a one of these forwards that's a pain in the backside. Or so chuffed with the way he chased down to score that goal at uh, at Southampton, because you know, to, it, it's 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 the keeper's mistake. But Eddie's got to be there to take advantage of that mistake, and he was. So good on the lad, good on the lad. Just talking about who's going to play with Eddie, it, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if by the time we get halfway through next season, our top four up the field are Saka, Pepe, Martinelli and Eddie. 
it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if them four are playing in the same side up the pitch for the Arsenal. I think the and, and just going back to the old bang bang me, Alfie, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree slightly with you, Corey. I'm sorry, son. Sorry, son. But that was a bad miss. Whether the well, I don't care. Well, Dan, you saw my comment. What I put, I don't care if he got a thumb on it or whatever on it. He should be putting that in the back of the net. If Lacazette had missed that chance, we'd have been at him and at him badly, you know. So, but no, I'm excited about these youngsters. Um, Eddie, as if he keeps on improving like he has, I had my doubts at the end of last season. I thought he slowed down his progress a little bit, um, but this season he seems to be back on it. And yeah, come on, Eddie. Stick in the side, son, and uh, um, it'll, it'll be good. We seem to be uh, very much, and it was the same against Sheffield when we look at the game a few minutes against Sheffield. We seem to be a 45-minute, and we, we had this even before lockdown. Under Arteta, we seem to be able to play for 45 minutes, and then we either don't turn up for the first 45 or we don't turn up for the second 45. And in, in this Southampton game, um, about halfway through, uh, you know, they had 70% possession uh, in, in, in the half. Uh, Lee, um, it took to the 85th minute for um, Aubameyang to be fouled as a last man uh, by Jack Stevens, who, funnily enough, his both his red cards in the Premier League have come against Arsenal, uh, the last one in April 2018. Um, what did you make of... Uh, well, there was Lacazette and Aubameyang toying between who was going to take the... Um, take the free kick and it bounced around and Joe Willock um, uh, snuffed out um, a close range shot to, to put us 2-1 up. Um, it was a really nice feeling. Um, but what did you make of the, the, the performance leading up to that beforehand? Why are we only a 45-minute team, Lee? Oh, listen, let's not get carried away at this moment in time. We're not, we're not a great side at the moment. That's why, you know what I mean? I think what uh, Arteta is doing is trying to put some... Um, foundations down to go forward, and I think that that's that the key is using the youngsters and all that. It's not we're we're very very shaky at the back, and we all know that we need replacements in there. And at this moment in time, I think we're tenth in the league at the moment, and so you know that we are where we are because of, of the quality of, of players that we've got. What I think that I think we've got to look beyond that and look at the positives of it all is if Arteta is starting to get a tune out of the likes of Mustafi and. Uh, Kalazanac and Joe Willick and all these younger guys, Eddie and all that, you know, what is he going to do with a, when he's got the players that he actually wants in the side and and can develop? You know, I think he's trying to play a system or trying to implement a system that, let's, let's be quite frank about it, half of these players are not going to be um, around to, to to see it through. You know, that that is the way it is. Um so I, I think that you're going to get a little bit of hit, hit and miss, but but what really frustrates me at the moment and is that when you get a good win, and you know I watched Southampton against Norwich and and they destroyed Norwich, and then everybody turning around and saying, "Oh, we're going to lose to Southampton." No one give us a prayer. Everybody was predicting that we was going to lose. As soon as we beat them, oh, Southampton, poor team, poor team. What do you expect? We're expected to beat them. Then I go and watch them against Watford the other day, raining shots in against the Watford that had just beaten Liverpool a little while ago. And everybody says, oh, it's a tough place to go, Watford. And then in Southampton, licked the floor of them. And everybody then says, oh, what a great team Southampton are all of a sudden. But they were poor against us. Sheffield United, oh, 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 oh what a great job he's doing there. Oh, what a great what a great job he's doing. We go up there and play. Oh, even on match of the day, they turn around and say, oh, um, it would have made a big difference if the fans would have been there, but probably Arsenal wouldn't have won that game. They weren't saying that about the fans against Brighton when they scored a last-minute winner against us. You know, mm. I think that, you know, we can only play what's in front of us, guys. And if these teams... I, I, I watch Southampton. I've watched them three times now. And yeah, and against us, they weren't impressive. In the other two games, they were. So I'm going to look at the positive and go, well, maybe we made them look a little bit shabby, shabby that day and, and didn't allow them to play the way that they've been playing in the last three or four games. So we're not as bad as what we are, but we're not as good as what we, we want to be. And that's where yeah. I think we are at the moment, like, you know. And um, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted that we beat Southampton because I didn't think we was going to, but we put in a performance. And I don't care what other people are saying. Two nil away from home. At any any ground in the Premier League, I take that every bloody day. And then, yeah. um, you know, to go in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup and win, I don't care how you win. 
You know what I mean? This is what annoys me about Everton. You know what I mean? When Man United get a scrappy win against Norwich, that's what good teams do. That's what they all do. When Arsenal do it, oh, it's the crap opposition. You know what I mean? And it's starting to frustrate me a little bit. We've had two two good wins. Uh, let's this this not go overboard about them, but let's take the positivities from them and, and not criticise Lee, the opposition. Lee judges, Lee judges. Well said, son. Absolutely nailed that there. But listen, we know we're a mid-table side. We know we're not the best, right? And we've been on a downer when we're getting beaten. But we've just won two games in a row. So let's enjoy it. Let's be positive about it. Yeah. I saw on social media this week. I saw on social media this week. Oh, we've we, we've beaten Sheffield United in the cup. Oh, but we've got to play City now. We're going out. Don't worry about City. Enjoy beating Sheffield United. I know they've been bad after they've not been the best side after they've after the break. But before that. They were playing really well and everyone's singing their praises. Southampton, Lee's so right. Southampton will beat people and we've turned it over. Enjoy it, boys. Be positive. I'll make you both right. Social media and our fan base, uh, I know Dan's view on it is as well. (laughs) Some fans are absolutely toxic. You know, listen, let's finish on the Southampton game. It's not just the fans, it's the media as well, uh, Fergus. The media as well have on the... They feed the fans. They come out with these comments, Rio Ferdinand and and, and Robin Van Persie and all that that are on there saying, this this ain't a great Sheffield United. They feed the fans and our our fans feed off of it. So that's that. Sorry to interrupt you. It's fine. It's fine. Um, Dan uh, Willock, what did you make of his performance and his goal? Uh, yeah, Joe Willock's a strange one for me. I've, uh, I'm not going to sit there and slate any kid. Um, I'll slate the senior players when they do stuff wrong that have been doing it for years. But these kids, I'm not going to sit there and slate the Gwendouzis and Pepe's and Tierney's and all that. And Willock for one for me. I have said that I don't think he's one that I think is going to definitely make it at Arsenal. I'm not going to sit there and say that I think he's going to be a brilliant next Cesc Fabregas. But he's a hard worker. He's a grafter. And um, I think he's one player that has sort of 20 minutes a game of, of looking a real good player. And I'd like to see now from Joe Willock some more consistency in games. I think that the um, uh, the goal that he'd scored was was a great one. You know, he was there to follow it up. And I want to see that some late runs from a midfield. So we don't get enough goals for our midfield, Fergus. You know, and I think he's actually our top goal scorer now in midfield in all competitions, Joe Willock, um, which just shows you that he's got something about him. I like his work rate. I think he's probably an eight, not a 10. I don't see him as a number 10. And I, again, I don't like this number 10 role. Uh, I, think it's, I think that's one thing Arteta has done is, as we've not seen Ozil because the number 10 role is dead, which is good for me. So Joe Willock, for me, I'd like to see more of the lad. And I think we can see that in the next few, rest of this kind of project restart. Um, and I'll get behind the lad because I think he's only 20 years old and he's still got time to grow into this team and mould into what I believe is a good Arteta philosophy. So yeah, I'm happy with Joe Willock. Corey, overall then, what did you make of the, the, the performance as a whole um, in the Southampton game? It was, it was okay. Like you said, like, Game of two halves. Um, we gave them some chances. They didn't take them, thankfully. Um, we took our chances. It was a, we, we, you know, it was a decent performance. We kind of grinded out the wind. I, I wasn't impressed too much in terms of, you know, um, we didn't sort of blow them away. There wasn't many passages of play that wowed me or anything. But, um, but you know, the youngsters did okay. Um, it's a professional win. That's about it. Three points, we're going home. Thank yeah, you very much. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? We've only registered our third away win of the season uh, the, uh, in the Premier League. So we've won three, drawn eight, lost five. And all three wins coming under different managers. We've had one win under Arteta away from home, one from Lundberg and one from Emery. So definitely a weird season. Uh, somebody's put in the comments, the league don't lie. Um, they don't lie. We're, we're 10th for a reason, ninth for a reason. You know, and uh, we'll 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 have to build and go on from there. Um, before we start into the Sheffield game, it's probably an opportunity for for Lee and Trevor probably to talk about this more, unless the other two guys know. I, I I'm not extremely familiar with uh, the late Theo Foley. He was George Graham's number two. Um, I had sent a message to to Lee to see if we could get Kevin on, but Kevin's doing. Uh, Kevin Campbell is doing some TV work for Spanish TV. Did you show our Spanish football league, was it, or something? Yeah, yeah, he's not doing Spanish stuff at the moment. Very busy is our Kevin at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was hoping he could come on because he played under uh, Theofoli, who died at the age of 83. Um, not trying to get political or anything like that, um, but I, I thought 
it was a little bit poor form. I know they'll probably do something as a Norwich game because we're doing a big thing about the COVID people who've died uh, through the pandemic, uh, Arsenal fans. Um, but there was no black armbands. Um, but yet again, Northampton Town at Wembley were able to put no, uh, black armbands on. The, you know, football teams, not just Arsenal, but football teams get very passionate about all various causes and so on. And they wear badges and laces and 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 uh, rounds of applause and minute silence for all different various reasons, uh, whatever it be. Um, but I would have thought for a guy who was our number two when we won in 1989 with George Graham at Liverpool, um, that it, I think we just missed or dropped the ball by not having it at, at, at Sheffield. Um Guys, uh, which of you would like to talk a little bit about him? That you would you know? Do you know much about him, Trev? Do you want to go? Do you know much about Theo? I know he's an Irishman, so I don't. I don't know. I don't know if Lee ever met him or anything. I never met the man. Um, yeah, man. So, so I only really knew him as a fan as a fan at the time, and uh, so I can only tell. I can only talk about how he influenced me as a fan, not not as a person, because I never spoke to him or met him, but. He, he was. He, he used to make you smile, did Theo Foley, when you saw him around the touchline. He looked like he was a. He was the. He he looked like he was the one that was the friendly guy, the good guy out of the good guy bad but guy thing with 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 George Graham for me. And uh, I know that all the players respected him very very much. Strangely enough, when I had my last chat with with Kevin, right at the end of it, if you look at it, right at the end of it, I said, Kev, do me a favour. Next time we chat, can we talk about Stuart Houston and Theo Foley? Because two people that I very much admired with Arsenal Football Club as a youngster, but never really knew about. So I was looking forward to having a chat about Theo, and I hope that still happens. I don't know if you know any more, Lee, do you? Well, I've, you know, through, through Kevin, Kevin told me a few stories, and obviously through Twitter and that, he, met, I managed, he followed me and I followed him, and we we spoke a few times on, on Twitter. Just... Um, <clears throat> A lovely, lovely man, you know what I mean? And 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 the stories that Kevin tells you were, you know, as exactly um uh what Trevor said, you know, the players thought so much of him, like, you know, he, he would you know, he's a little bit of the older generation, but he'd he'd get into all the banter with the players, you know what I mean? If they were doing things you get like uh the uh the boys from South London were doing some reggae stuff and he'd be asking them to to show him the moves and things like that, and he'd get involved and do things like that. But of course, with with every great manager, there's always a great number two, a great coach, and that's what you need. And um, uh, you know, someone that's going to take the burden off of uh, the training side of things and be be what the the players need a a, a, a mate. Um, where you know you're not got it with the manager, but you can go to the assistant manager and have a chat with him, and it you know it keeps in house a little bit. And uh, you know, uh, and I, I think that he was a great foil for that. Of course, he had, he had a few tragedies in his life. He, he lost his son. Just before he died, he you know died before obviously Theo did. So I think he was um, he had some you know bad times, but he was always engaging with the Arsenal fans. I think he loved his time at Arsenal. I think he was very very grateful for his time at Arsenal. And um, I think that you know it was always they was probably going to do same for the home game. I just feel that Arsenal. If Arsenal had just come out and just said uh, we'll be wearing the black arm armbands for uh, for the home game, I think that would have been great you know what I mean and, and just putting all the Arsenal fans a bit um, <clears throat> uh, ease about it because you know the history of the football club and the players that have gone before mean so much to the likes of us all you know and um, you know for, for me and Trevor and for everybody that you know that supports Arsenal always be internally grateful for what he done in 87, 88, 89 you know in those uh, three or four seasons he was there there was you know, don't forget we got to the won the cup in '87, Littlewoods Cup, lost it in '88, and then of course uh, won it in '89, uh, and then obviously Stuart Houston was uh, part of that backroom staff, then um, took over. So you know, they, they were without a doubt fantastic times to be an Arsenal fan, and and Theo was very much part of that. And uh, you know, what I can say, always engaging on the um, on Twitter if you spoke to him, you know what I mean. He'd, give you a straight answer and, 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 and just a lovely, lovely guy full of memories and, um, you know, thoughts go out to his family and, and friends and, uh, you know, it's a sad day for Arsenal and Arsenal family, without a doubt. Yeah, Ab yeah. absolutely. 
Trevor, um, you touched on your chats with Kevin. Uh, it's a who are you, isn't it? Uh, isn't, that, isn't that the one you do with Kevin Campbell? You've done a couple, haven't you? Yeah, I, well, so was Dan and Lee, and and, and uh, they're very enjoyable to do. I love doing them, and uh, I also watch yeah, everyone that's on them. Every one of them's good. But I'll tell you what, boys, if you can't watch all of them, you must watch the four he's done with John Budgie Burridge because that man yeah. is class. <laughs> that man is full-on entertainment. Some of the things he comes out with have me in stitches. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. You, know, you must. If you can't, don't watch any of our others, watch the John Burridge ones. Hilarious. Hilarious. So go search for Kevin Campbell's YouTube channel. Uh, they're all on there. And, uh, yeah, have, have a look at them. I know uh, they've got some other of our friends and, and, and our group that are – uh, are on there as well, and some proper characters giving some proper stories, and then there's Dan. Um, so oh. <laughs> I'm only joking, <laughs> right? So we face in the FA Cup quarterfinals. Uh, we didn't think this was even going to happen. Uh, I thought we would only, if Project Reset uh, Restart happened, I thought it would only be the league. I didn't think the FA Cup would come back. I thought that would have been uh, sacrificed just to get everything in time and so on. But they've continued with the FA Cup. Both teams have now faced each other 13 times in all competitions in history. Games have con um, contained some brilliance and some con controversy. There was that incredible save in the semi-final uh, that David Seaman did, where he caught it from, looked from right behind him off the line. Um and that was in 2003. And there was also the 1999, and we touched on it a few weeks back on here, about the voided uh, um, uh, voided game that was replayed um, after uh, Arsenal play, uh, played on when somebody got injured and scored a goal. Uh, Wenger just came along and said, well, we'll play it again then. So the lineups, no Ozil. What a surprise. Um Aubameyang on the bench, I think he needed to needed a, probably a bit of a rest. Lacazette and uh, starts and Maitland-Niles in his preferred position. Um, and Saka started again. Uh, Corey, what did you make of the lineup? Yeah, it was, it was fine for, for the FA Cup tie. I think Aubameyang did need to have a little rest, you know. Um, yeah, he needed a little break, just mentally, more so than physically, I think. Um and you needed to give some of the, the kids a try and it's a good opportunity to 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 give some of the kids a try in, in different positions and whatnot. So I was happy with the lineup, had no problems with it at all. And I thought it was good enough to, to win that game. Um Dan, what did you make of the lineup and, and were mm. you pleased not to see Ozil again? I was really pleased that Urza wasn't there, and you know why. But uh, I was really pleased uh, that he's actually changed it up because we saw under both of our previous managers that we were sticking with the same formation, different players. Plan A was just, there was no plan B. Arteta's changed things. And for me, it was like a, a Allegri uh, set up from Juventus. I saw an article today, and it just reminded me so much of Allegri under Juventus when he does the 3-6-1. That was the formation for me. It was three at the back and he had kind of six across with Lacquer up top and they were all into kind of playing with Lacazette and it made him play better. It gave Pepe more breathing space. I loved the way that Willock uh, was in the first kind of, I'd say, 20 minutes quite quiet, him and Chaka. But I think that they both come into the game. Joe Willock towards the latter part of the first half, I thought was outstanding. Really impressed with Mate and Niles. I thought a lot of the youth were really, really impressive. But for me, the man of the match by a country mile was Kieran Tierney. So I think the actual lineup itself was was suiting all of those individuals. And for me, I, I think he got it spot on. You have to credit Mikel Arteta for that. You know, he's changed things. He's got the formation right. And uh, it was a hard, hard uh, game against Sheffield United that we knew how they were going to play. And this lineup, I, I think, was absolutely spot on. And I was really pleased not to see Meza Urzu in there because, again, I don't believe a number 10 works in this in modern day football now. So, yeah, 3-6-1, really, really bizarre. I did not expect it at all. I, I could not have predicted that formation. So I was really pleased. I think Sky or BT, whoever, I think it was BT was showing, uh, showed us at 3-2-4-1, but yeah, 3-6, just where they, they, they mm. dropped back and forth. Uh, Trevor, um, what did you make of our calamitous uh, defence again? Um, Louise, and like you mentioned about Tierney uh, uh, and Man of the Match performance, uh, holding a man of, ma man of the match performance in the Southampton game. But when you've got players like 
Shabra Mustafi, and you got players, although Mustafi did have a good game against Sheffield, in, in fairness, um, and, and players like Louise making the... Mustafi? He wasn't that right. Go on. Oh. Go on. <laughs> Just picking up on what, what young Dan, Dan said there, right? <laughs> Dan's exactly right, you know, because when you looked at that lineup, you had no idea... That, that, that lineup that, that, Arteta, that Arteta named, it could have been any formation. Our, our, on social media, people couldn't work out what we were going to do. And that was fantastic because the interchanging was brilliant. It was brilliant. Now, I don't think it was a calamity that, that the Sheffield United goal, right? I've got to go against the grain a bit. It was just one of them. It was If we hadn't, if we hadn't had a, a defence that's made a load of mistakes, that would have been put down as just a bit of bad luck. He's oofed the ball. He's hit his mate and gone in the, or and rebounded off him and gone in the net or gone to the striker. It happens. That happens, right? He's, he's not messed about with a ball. He's done exactly what we've been telling the Arsenal defence to, to do for years. Get a boot on it and try and kick it into Rose Ed, right? If you're, if you're in that area. And he's tried to do that and it's rebounded off his mate. So, I don't know. I, I, I can accept that. I can accept that. I know we're going to come on to the end of the game in a minute, right? But the most pleased—I don't care who the man of the match was—the most pleasing thing about me, for me, about that game, right, was that I can't remember the last time an Arsenal side gave away an equaliser in the last ten minutes of a game and didn't lose it because we, we we are known to capitulate. Give away a goal with ten minutes to go, mm. and we capitulate the Arsenal, right? We didn't this time, did we? We picked it up, but we went down the other end and we slotted a winner. I can't, I, I honestly, and you boys will put me right, or someone will put me right in the comments, I'm sure. Few, but that excites me greatly. It excites me greatly. It's been a few seasons since, since we've, we've shown yeah. that little bit of fight because we do we do have a soft on the belly at the minute, and if you bully us uh, whatsoever. Corey, um, what did you make of the foul on Lacazette? Uh, when I saw it in real time, I actually thought the foul was outside the box. Yeah, so did I, to be honest with you. So did I. Um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I didn't really have a strong opinion on it, to be honest with you, Fergus. Um, it, it, I, I felt like I wasn't sure. Like you said, it was, was it inside the box? Was it outside the box or whatnot? So, yeah, I don't know. You should probably ask somebody else about this one because I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really have a, that strong an opinion on it. Lee, Lee, what did you make of it? I, I thought it was outside the box and I, and I was surprised that the uh, referee gave it in open play and it didn't have to go to VAR and all of that and 16 angles and replays and everything else. And on on from that, what did you make of Pepe's opening goal as, as, a, um, uh, as a penalty? What, what did you make of it? So the, the... Well, I thought, I thought it was a penalty straight, off, straight away, 100%. I don't, I don't see what the district did. No, no, no dispute. I've seen... A lot less penalties be given for that, you know. There is this thing where there's that. Oh, I've seen Song go down, and like you know, when people have the, the, on the pundits have turned around and said, "There's contact. It's there's contact. It's got to go." It was more than contact for that, you know. what mm. I mean, um, the penalty, as far as I was concerned, uh, inside the box. I thought the referee done well to give it. Um, uh, if it was against us, I would, you know, uh, like the one against David Louise, you just say around, so it was a definite penalty, no argument. And uh, it, it certainly was. And uh, I, I watched the one against uh, Spurs and Man United with Pogba. You've got people turning around and saying that weren't a penalty. Well, you know, I think that it was. And if there's contact, it's a penalty. And like, it's great to see that we, we're getting decision right for ourselves on the time. I have to say, the penalty, never in doubt. I've got to say that, never in doubt. What, what a great penalty. You I, know, I would have to. I would have to agree that when I saw it inside the box on replay, I saw it was inside the box, but in real time, it looked like it was just on the edge of the box. That was that was what I was trying to say. But yeah, oh right, right. I, I thought it was inside. You know, I mean, I called it straight away. That's a penalty. Um, I had my glasses on. Probably you didn't have yours on, so uh, yeah. that may be something to do with it. But <laughs> definitely a penalty. Yeah, it might be one or two or three of them. You know what I mean? So. Uh, I only have half, so I'm, I'm sharp. But, um, yeah, I have to say the penalty was absolutely, you know, I, I think when it comes to, to, to the penalty, I, I, you know, um, he could have had another goalkeeper in there, wouldn't have saved it. It was that in the corner, beautiful penalty. Um, yeah, I, I, 
a great start for us. And, um, you know, uh, listen, we needed to get that goal in front against them because, you know, we could have been a, you know, a goal down earlier on from a, from a Mustafi um, masterclass, but, um, uh, but we, we weren't. And uh, once I think we went one nil up, then, you know, I, I think that, we done okay, and that's particularly in the first half. And uh, um, I'll, I'll, listen, I'm, I'm with Trev. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, you know the, the the end bit, the last five minutes summed, summed up Arsenal, and then the last minute it didn't. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, 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 I've challenged anybody to so when that went one-one, everybody was thinking, "Oh, that's it. They're going to win this guy." Thought then that they'd become favourites to win the game. So from from to go to come out with a win, I'm more than more than impressed. But I thought it was a great penalty from Pepe. I think that uh, we've got a couple of good penalty takers now. I think you know I'm, I'm going to say this now. I feel more comfortable with um, Pepe taking the penalty than uh, than Abamian. Yeah, agree. I agree. Agree. Yeah, I um, agree. When I when I looked at when you looked at all of Pepe's goals in France season before. Um, he looked like such an assured penalty taker. He just, yeah. you know, I, I back this guy when we have a, a free kick, you know, I, I think there's a good chance it's just going to go in. So when he's up, he steps up for a penalty, he always looks assured he can strike the ball better than probably anyone at the club. So um, I think he should be the number one if he's on the pitch. And Dan, you, you shared a, um, a stat uh, thing uh, on a WhatsApp group about Pepe and his stats. He's been... Uh, He's been involved in, I think, sixteen goals with eight assists and 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 eight goals. You know, there, there's there's not many players that come into the Premier League that early on and and uh, get those sort of stats. Yet again, people go, mm, I don't know, shit, including myself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't understand why people will give Pepe a hard time, but then they'll they'll believe that Özil should be in the team. I, I don't understand these fans, you know. But for me, I think he's had a good season. He's had three different managers. He's come to a different league. He's tried to settle through a pandemic. There's so much going against the guy. He's settling in with players that are bang average, by the way. Uh, and he's returning stats like that. When Pires and Lundberg did that consistently, they were they were great. So if Pepe is going to come in and do that consistently, let's give him the chance to prove that he's got the he's got the ability because I believe he's got huge potential. Uh, people are saying we haven't seen the real Pepe yet. Give him time. He's still got more goals and assists as, as than Zaha, and everyone said that we should have got Zaha. So I think he's been a good signing. I know it's a lot of money, but it is over installments. I just think we start, need to start giving this kid a lot of credit that I believe he deserves now. He's twenty five just so he's still young he's got five to seven years at Arsenal if he wants it and I hope that he gets the chance because I hope the fans give him time to prove what he's got he's probably technically one of our better players I think he's got probably the most he's definitely the most skillful player without a doubt um I would like to see him through the middle a bit more and I think that's why he was actually better on Sunday because he wasn't just hugging that right hand side he was coming inside to help Lacazette and that's why I think that formation worked for Arteta because Pepe uh had the Willocks and the Maitland-Niles to kind of work with him Bellerin doesn't really seem to be doing that for me but Maitland-Niles I thought made Pepe and Willock made Pepe um play so much better and give him a lot more freedom uh to play with Lacazette so I'm a Pepe fan. I think give him time, and I think he'll be he'll be the player we want him to be. I think Richard, who was on last week, makes a very good point because this is the thing where I've um, talked about um, Pepe um, that he's slow on the uptake of the ball and moving. And he says uh, Pepe looks good since the restart, as the pace of the game has been slower than it was before the break. Which I think is a very very good point because you can see he's changed his tune, Richard. You've changed, Richard. <laughs> Richard's changed. He said to me, "Wants Urzel on the right now. He's going for Pepe. Come on, Rich." Don't be a uh, flip flop. Come Richard, on, man. Once Shaka as captain, so like you know, oh. Richard, Richard, Richard has opinions, and we love Richard to bits. He's a, a good fan of the show, and he joins us here. Uh, but he does have some controversial opinions, that's for sure. But he knows his Arsenal, doesn't he? You've had him on on same old Arsenal with the quizzes. He knows his Arsenal. Oh, yeah, I'll give him that. He, he knows more about quizzes than he does football. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You're getting done, Rich. You're getting done. Sorry, How how does he know the pace of the game's changed? Has he, has he been playing or something? Like, has he been running around his living room uh, with, you know, playing the game? No one knows. But I'll tell you what, all jokes aside, it is a, it is a, it is a, a valid point. Yeah. He's made yeah, 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 yeah. 
the equaliser that uh, was unfortunate it was Klasniak clearance, uh, and I think that was the one you were referring to earlier, where, where we he cleared the ball and it, and it came off him, came off the, the the other striker. That was unfortunate. But let's look at the positives. Saka starts a great move uh, for the winner um, on the 90, 90.37, uh, 90 minutes, nearly ninety first minute for Danny Ceballos. Um, I was watching it with uh, with with some some mates. Uh, socially distant, obviously, and um, uh, yeah, we, we just we celebrated. So you know, what did we make um, of Sabias's goal then, Trev? Because you, I know you sent us a voice note saying singing a song. I, yeah, hey, you were drunk, Fergus. Let me tell you, pal. Me? Um, <laughs> yeah, you. That <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was a great feeling when it. The first thing I thought, right, was oh. God, I wish I was there because obviously if fans yeah. were allowed, I'd have been there. And we all know, we all know, right? There is no better feeling as a football fan. None, bar none. There is no better feeling than an injury time winner in an away game, right? There would have been limbs going everywhere, added us training, flying all over the place. Danny Ceballos, he eats paella, he drinks Australia. The boy is fucking magic. One, two, three, four, Danny Ceballos. Oh, I go on, I go on, I go on. I only heard that bit. I turned you off after the first couple of lines, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could have been. I wish I could have gone on mute. (laughs) (laughs) Are you the real Wimpy? (laughs) Hey, was it a good goal as well? And as I said, and I'll say it again, it was great that we were confident enough after giving away that equaliser to come back and play a move like that. And Saka, the boy, was in on it again. And yeah, brilliant. Tobias, man, 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 main man for me on, on Sunday. You score a goal in a, in a cup quarter final, you're the top man. And you make me happy. You make me positive. And why can't we go on and beat City, eh? Why can't we go on a BC? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, Jeff. Wait a minute. All you Arsenal fans out there, that's so no, but we've got City next, we've got City next. You're an Arsenal fan. Be positive. What's the point of having a great win away at Sheffield United and the first thing you read on social media is not, oh, we've had a great win. The first thing you read is, oh, we've got City next. Don't worry about City. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the minute. Get drunk like Trev, me and Fergus did and make fools of yourselves. <laughs> Gotta you love Trev, innit? Gotta love Trev. <laughs> oh, dear. So we're playing uh, City. When is the semi-final then? 18th or 19th of July. 18th, 19th of July. Okay. Um, and there's no sign of fans being... Because uh, I did hear a rumour of a select number of fans being allowed in or stuff like that. So, no, I heard nothing. No, I doubt it. Um, you know what? We done it again. I, I we went to Wembley against City in in 2017. We didn't stand a Scooby, and we done it. And then I went to the final in 2017, where Chelsea were by far a better team than us at that time, uh, and they were on a on a crest of a wave. And one of the best days I've ever had at football at Wembley yeah. Stadium. Uh, was that, that Dan? We had a, an amazing day, oh. didn't we? Oh. It was unreal. It was unreal. And and you know what? Listen, I think Chelsea will get past Manchester United personally. I think the way they're playing is great. So it could be the similar lineup to 2017. Who knows? Listen, if we defend well, and I say if because we say this every week, we have a chance against City because their defense is also pretty poor. Now, I know Laporte is back and it's great, but Otamendi, John Stones, whoever plays alongside him, if we can get some. Uh, serious kind of chances against that defence and try and keep te- uh, 11 men on the on the field would be good and not have one of them like Luis giving mistakes away. Then who knows? It's a cup game. Anything can happen. Their uh, strike force, it does scare me, but Aguero is probably going to be out. Now, I know they've got Jesus and Sterling and great players to come in for it, but he is their best striker in my opinion. It looks like he could be out for a few weeks. So let's hope he doesn't make that game because it is only in three weeks' time. So... Listen, we've got a chance. It's Wembley. It's a cup game. Let's go into it positively. We've got young players that get out. And let's not forget, we've got the perfect manager that knows how to play against this team. And he wasn't allowed to because David Luiz prevented it last time. So let's go in there with the confidence that we're going to keep 11 men on the pitch and see what happens there. We've got to go be in there and be positive, boys, and try and get to the the cup final, ain't we now? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Well said, Danny, boy. Well said. I have to be positive. 
<laughs> yeah, no, we have to be positive, but how? Be how, realistic, uh, Corey, at the same time. Well, no, yeah, I mean, like, how, 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 how would we beat them? I mean, just I'm just got, obviously it wasn't. It's was only a few games ago where we played them. How much shots do we have on target? Mm. Yeah, is this it, is it. If none. So it's like so to go from that to beating them in a competition that they're going to want to win because obviously they, they've missed out on the league. The Champions League's still there, but they're going to want a trophy. Um, they have the league cup. The greedy bastards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, you know that's not enough. The league cup and the FA Cup. That's like a that's an okay season for City. And so they're going to want to beat us. They're going to want to win this. Corey, um, who are you throwing in between the sticks? You've got Martinez, who's he's covering for Leno at the moment, and he's played well. His distribution has been quite good. Some of the guys on, on YouTube have uh, made some comments on the mem, who on the on the show has mentioned that uh, uh, Martinez's distribution is good. Would, would you play Martinez more? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's looked good, you know, since he's come in. Um, he's, not, he's not really done anything wrong. He's I've always liked Mar- Martinez. Um, even you know in the Europa games, um, I always thought that he was he he, he looked pretty decent. So um, it's not surprised me that he's done well since he's come in. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll keep him there. Why not? We've got Norwich tomorrow evening, six o'clock. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have registered uh, as season ticket holders. You can register for your BT pass if you don't have BT. Uh, sports you can register and they'll give you free access so you can watch our remaining four home games either on bt or sky and you can go on the app or uh, it activates your your sky or virgin tv stuff i've had mine come through so if you haven't you need to look into that um what how confident are we against norwich trevor are you you confident against norwich what do you think fergus of course i'm bloody confident what a stupid question to ask me we're going to beat Norwich 5-0 tomorrow. 5-0, right? God, Jesus Christ, man. How can you ask me if I'm, I'm always confident? Even when I put my foot in it, I'm still confident, aren't I? Hey? And Richard Butler in the comments there, I start off and I agree with Richard. He's a very knowledgeable man and I, I like him when we met. But sometimes he rubs me up the wrong way. But he's put in the comments, right? And he agrees. With, I agree with it. Arteta's plan for the City game, right? will now come into fruition because this time, Louise, well, we won't be playing against Louise. We'll have Louise on our side, hopefully. But tomorrow night, we'll win 5-0 tomorrow night. Watch it. Eddie will score three. He likes scoring against Norwich, does Eddie? There, that's it. I'm done. Lee, Lee what's your score prediction then? Well, I just want to bring up Richard's. I never said like that Richard knows nothing about football. I just said he's better at quizzes. That's what I said. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we took exception to that. My, my thing there, like, you know what I mean? So, uh, but I, actually what he says there is, is a great thing, you know. Um, you know, the, the game against uh, Man City quickly, like, you know, we had two injuries in the first 20 minutes. You know what I mean? I know like people going, oh, well, this didn't work, that didn't work. We had a lot. Oh, everything that could go against us went against us. Then we had Louise having one of his games. So uh, I, I think that, um, you know, and if you're going to win the FA Cup, you've got to beat them somewhere along the line, whether it be the semi-final, third round or in the final. You're going to have to do it. So, you know, let's bring it on. Let's bring it on. You know, uh, you've, got to, you've, got to, you've got to be in it to win it. And I think we'll do that. Yeah, probably a tougher opponent because we would probably be expected to beat them. Where and we go in there as favourites. Where we go in against whoever in the underdogs. Nothing to lose. I think that was a great sequence last time. It beat Man City, uh, you know, and that sets up for the final. And as I say, probably the the best final that I've been to with the atmosphere that day. Arsenal fans were 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 on form that day. That was fantastic. That is the one thing about just quickly going on to the FA Cup, a little bit of tinge of disappointment because when we won, we won the, um, the game on Saturday, Sunday, I, you know, I'm missing out on the opportunity to go to Wembley. It don't come around very, as often as you think, lads, you know what I mean, going to Wembley, even though we seem to do, do go there quite a lot. So I'm gutted that I ain't going to be able to go to Wembley in the semi-final. Yeah. really like a, a kick in the sure. teeth, that is. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not as positive as, as Trev for to, tomorrow. I think that um, I think that we're winning. I think two 0 I think will be. I don't think Norwich are as bad a side as what people make them out to be. So uh, you know, I love I love you too, Richard. Like apart from when you beat me at quizzes, you know what I mean. It's not jealous because I don't beat him at quizzes. You know what I mean? I've got to get something in on him. But uh, now I think that we're. You know, I'm, I think that Sunday's game would give was is, was a massive. Uh, 
shot in the arm for us as well on the confidence side of things. You know, let's face it, you know, we're all buzzing for tomorrow now. Why? Because we've won a couple of games and we, we the expectation has gone up, you know, we, which is a worry for us Arsenal fans. But I think that, you know, if we can get a win tomorrow, play well, defend well, I think that's important that we defend well. If we defend well, we'll have too much room on the top half. And uh, so I, I think 2-0. Uh, but if it's 5-0, I'm going to, uh, next time I see Trevor, I'm going to kiss him. <laughs> oh, I hope it's 4-0. I'll go for 4-0. Scott <laughs> <laughs> uh, Run, what are you going for? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for the same result as Sunday. I think we're going to win 2-1. It's not often we keep a clean sheet, to be fair. So uh, I still think Norwich have got some serious um, football in, in them when they want to be uh, football inside. But I think it will play into our hands and I think we will we will get 2-1. I'd love to be as confident as Trevor. I'd love a 4-5-0, but uh, I don't want Lee to kiss me. So I'm going to go 2-1. <laughs> and Corey, did you pick a score? You didn't pick a score, did you? No, picking one right now. Um, I'm leaning more towards Trevor's uh, prediction. I think we're going to smack that. He wants a kiss. No, Corey wants a kiss. Corey wants a kiss. No, I think, I think, I think, obviously, this is our home game. It's, you know, like, I think we've traveled up and down the country. Um, by the time we getting back home, I think we're really going to be feeling it. I think Norwich ain't really in the best shape at the moment. I think, like we talked about Abamyang, I think he is due um, a goal or two. So I think I could, I could definitely see him getting a brace, and um, I think it could be sort of free, free nil. Let's say yeah, free nil. That's, that's exactly what I'm going for, three nil. Uh, and then the following weekend we've got uh wolves away um yeah that that might be a tougher ask and i think that might be if we can get a draw there i think we'll do quite well on 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 you know after uh, this after this norwich game we've got wolves leicester spurs liverpool and man city <laughs> that's not tasty is it no it's not no it's not let's just stop at the um we'll stop at the norwich game, yeah so stop at norwich yeah i was gonna ask uh um lee you said you feel a bit you know, sad that it's we we can't go to Wembley. Yeah, I, I I understand that. But wouldn't this have been a perfect opportunity with COVID and everything else that they've come along, could have tossed for it, or they could have um, picked a different venue, played it at Late Norian for Christ. They played anywhere, but they don't need to play it at Wembley. Yeah, I don't understand why they're playing at Wembley. To be honest, it's not like you know. It's I think for the semi final, it's always been for the financial reasons, isn't it? So you can get the bigger yeah. crowd in. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, even like the play the playoff finals yesterday was played at, uh, at Wembley as well. I don't understand why it's being played at Wembley. I'd have, I'd have thought it would have been better for a neutral game. It would have been better for the, both sets of players. Uh, and, and in fairness, to all to all the four teams, if they were probably played at Villa Park or or somewhere in the Midlands, so that they've got to travel halfway each. You know, the two Manchester clubs have got to travel down to London. Slight advantage to the two London teams, if if I'll be honest. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm not going to knock that. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, listen, I, I think Trev would probably agree with me being like from the old school as well. I don't think semi-finals should be played at Wembley anyway. You know what I mean? No. It, to me, they should always be on the neutral ground and the final being at Wembley. But, it, you know, it's all about money now. And uh, for me, I, you know, I don't know why it is that there's, a, you know, that they have to play them at Wembley. Um, but they are. And uh, look, look, I'm glad we're going back. It's just, a, there's all. For me, you know, Arsenal being at Wembley, you know, is always a, I don't know, even if in the semi-finals, I've loved the day, the semi, even the semi-finals, just being, it's always nice to go and play, play at Wembley. And unfortunately, the team will be there, but unfortunately, we won't be. Mm. Sad. Mm. It is sad. Yeah, it is sad. Uh, and that will put our Villa game off as well. So we'll have a midweek game because uh, uh, we're meant to play Villa that, that weekend. So that'll be moved. Probably, boys. It's been fantastic as always. Corey, welcome back. Uh, don't don't leave us so long the next time. Uh, Lee, yellow, yeah, yeah, yellow, yeah, yellow, yellow. <laughs> what did she wear? Uh, Dan, uh, that beard is. Getting... She wore. She wore. I'm not with you now. She wore. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the beard is getting bigger. 
push you. We'll, we'll need a second screen for you for if you come on next week. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's Trevor, getting there. It's getting there. Trevor, was this positive enough for you? Did, did was it upbeat and positive? It, it was good, but it was good. But uh, I've got to agree with Lee. I, the the end bits put me on a bit of a downer because I'm missing a trip to Wembley. Possibly a two trips to Wembley. And at my age, I ain't got many more chances, you know. So I'm gutted about us not not being able to go and watch our team at Wembley because it's the pinnacle of a supporter season, yeah. isn't it? You know, the whole day, the whole day. And uh, it's a shame, but it has to be done, I suppose. I don't know why they're playing them at Wembley. But going back to moving the semis to Wembley, you see, it's sort of moved. Now people celebrate a quarterfinal win much, much more. What are people seeing at quarterfinals now? We're going to Wembley because they're going there for the semis. Shouldn't happen, really, but obviously, financially, it should. I might let you get a word. Do you want to say goodnight now, Fergus? I might just keep talking for five minutes now. <laughs> no, up the Arsenal. We're going to beat Norwich 5-0 tomorrow. Wolves is a different proposition, so I'm only going to 4-0 against Wolves. All right, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, you're priceless. You're absolutely priceless. Uh, right, you have been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons and watching Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Thank you, everybody in the chat. We quite a quite number of people in the chat, both on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, quite a number of you joined in on us, watching us live. Really appreciate that. Do like and share us. And if you like us on YouTube, you can hit the bell and, and subscribe. Uh, boys, as always, thank you very, very much. This is an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Only one last thing to say. Up the arse. Up the arse. Come on, you gunners. How are you? You yellow yellows. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. 